Now, I'm, the, I'm the, from a family of four kids, and I'm the oldest. And after family dinner times, family dinner times are followed by family cleanup times. And as the oldest, of course, I jumped up. I'm the responsible one. So I jump up, and I help, and I clean the dishes, and dry the dishes, put them away, wipe off stuff. And the youngest in my family has this knack, as I think the youngest in the family often does, has the knack of kind of sneaking away and disappearing without you even noticing. And so when family cleanup times came, the youngest always seemed to be gone. <laughs> always seemed to be gone, and I'm cleaning up. She might tell the story differently, but that's how I remember it. At some point, I would finally notice this during the cleanup, and I would find my mom or dad, whoever's around, and say, Mom, Dad, where is she? She needs to be helping me. Go find her. Tell her to help. If my mom or dad responded the way that Jesus responds in the gospel by saying, she has chosen the better part. <laughs> she, she's chosen the better part, and it won't be taken from her. I would have completely flipped out <laughs> and completely lost it. But of course, that story, that story I just told in my initial reaction to Jesus' words, that's all based on a misunderstanding of the story of Martha and Mary. The contrast between Martha and Mary is not a contrast between Martha on the one hand, who's dutiful and hardworking and responsible, while on the other hand, Mary is a dreamer and she's idealistic and she's spiritual and she avoids work in order to sit at the feet of Jesus. No, this story of Martha and Mary is a contrast between the interior peace and the focus which comes from having one love and one love only, Jesus, like Mary has. And then on the other hand, the distraction and the anxiety and the worry and the sense of burden that comes from loving and being attached to many things, like Martha. To be concerned about one thing, only serving Jesus the way Mary does, is not impractical. Someone once said to me, someone once said, not a very specific story, but it actually happened, I promise. I know God's will, I know God's will is to love. And I know that we're supposed to be dedicated to that one thing. But, but man, is there stuff to do? I got responsibilities. I have to deal with money. I have to pay the bills. I have to go to work and on and on and on. And as this person said, to them, said this to me interiorly, I didn't say it out loud, but in my heart, and now I get to say it out loud, which makes me feel better. But as they're saying this, well, we got to love God, but I got stuff to do. I was saying, no, no. Why would the love of God, and only being concerned about the love of God, why would that take me away from daily responsibilities? Does God not want me to be responsible? Does God not want me to be good at my job, whatever it is? Does God not want me to be good at my job or to be a good mother and a good father and all the tasks that come with that? Absolutely. Of course God wants that. 
He wants us to be responsible. He wants to be a, for us to be about our daily work and responsibilities, but he doesn't want the anxiety, and he doesn't want us to be burdened by it. Now, if Martha puts her feet up, puts her feet up and turns on Shark Tank, or turns on the Steelers game, Martha, Martha watches the same stuff I do, you'll notice. She watches Shark Tank or the Steelers game and then starts to say, well, how can there be time for the love of God? How can there be time for spiritual things? Now we got something else going on. But in fact, prayerful people, prayerful persons are among the most responsible and practical. Their spiritual life and prioritizing the spiritual life isn't an extra burden on the day, but it helps them. It delivers them from anxiety. And then they can go about their daily tasks and responsibilities in a fruitful way and then actually enjoy them. Prioritizing spiritual things like mass or prayer or spiritual reading, what have you, whatever it looks like for you, that doesn't take away from my daily responsibilities. Being concerned about that one thing necessary, it doesn't burden me, but it helps me. In fact, imagine the difference Imagine the difference which could be in Martha if she carried out her serving and her hospitality and her work knowing that she did it for Jesus. If she carried out her work knowing that Jesus wants her to do it, that by carrying out her work and doing it well, she's doing God's will. Imagine the difference in her if that was her attitude. Instead of her being concerned, why won't my sister help me? Or what if I don't get this done? Or what if I'm not doing this good enough? Or are they happy with the meal I'm serving? Or whatever you have. If her concern was instead, I'm doing the best I can to be hospitable to Jesus, who's in her house right at that moment. I'm doing this for Jesus. And by doing it, I'm doing Jesus' will. Imagine the difference that could be in her. The same peace and the same focus that Mary experiences as she sits at the feet of Jesus could belong to Martha as well. The goal then for us is to have all the prayerfulness of Mary and all her focus on Jesus, to have her one love and have her one concern and and at the same time to have the dutifulness of Martha, to have her sense of responsibility, her service, but to let that one ultimate concern, Jesus, to let that cleanse any anxiety or any worry or any sense of burden, to let that be cleansed from her day. Therefore, the gospel today actually gives us an opportunity and it gives us permission to prioritize spiritual things more for the sake of Jesus, that one concern, that one thing necessary. And secondarily, doing it for Jesus, also doing it for ourselves. You'll notice that there's actually something really important at stake today by taking up this offer this offer from Jesus, there's something important at stake about who God is and who Jesus is. Is Jesus for me as I go about my day? Is Jesus for me 
Yes, Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you as you go about your day and daily tasks and responsibilities. And Jesus doesn't measure us by our productivity, but by our love. Is total surrender to God's will or to love of God? Is total surrender, is that like even possible? Or even better, is total surrender even like practical at all? Jesus today proves himself to be intensely practical, to be intensely concrete. Who here wouldn't like some freedom from anxiety or worry or distraction or a sense of burden? Who here wouldn't want that? We all would, of course. It's intensely practical. And that's exactly what Jesus offers by, prior by prioritizing that one thing necessary, Jesus. He can deliver us from all kinds of anxieties, all kinds of worries, and a sense of burden.